and welcome to the Around the Table podcast with pastors Matt Smith and Nick Decker. This podcast is all about the ministry and preaching of Lebanon Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. The goal is to help you grow in your faith and spiritual walk with the Lord every single day of your life. To learn more about Lebanon Baptist Church, visit lbcnow.org. And now your hosts, Matt Smith and Nick Decker. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Around the Table podcast today. This is episode number 11. 11. uh, Number 11. And I am your host, Matt Smith, joined with our other host, Nick Decker. Uh, And I'm the lead pastor of Lebanon Baptist Church. Nick is our family ministries and outreach pastor here. And uh, we are coming to you today with episode 11. Excited to uh, talk about a few things, but I want to let Nick kind of jumpstart it today, uh, talking a little bit about some things coming up this week. Yes. So so speaking of outreach and episode 11, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's 11 weeks of the church putting up with our podcast. Yep. Pretty good. Ten more, ten more, and it'll be twenty-one, and then it'll be like a habit for us. That's maybe. right, create a habit after two. <laughs> that's right. Hey, so upward starts this week, Friday night, Saturday. We start with our middle school games uh, on Friday night, and then we start uh, the other grade levels as well as the middle school girls on Saturday. Huge league this year, uh, two hundred. Last I heard, you may correct me here, two hundred eighty. Yeah, I yeah. believe no, 280, over two hundred eighty kids in yeah. upward basketball and cheerleading. Yeah, one hundred forty-two that I know of today. There's there's more than that, but 142 who are unchurched. And so huge outreach opportunity. That's half. Those in Upward are unchurched. And so a great opportunity, which leads into what I want to talk about for a second. If you're watching this or listening, uh, pray for a player uh, is what we do each year. It's our outreach opportunity to reach the kids uh, in our Upward League with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we ask every member that's able. And the good thing about pray for a player, by the way, is that if you're not attending in person, you can still do this. Right, you don't yeah. have to attend in person to pick up the form or whatever. So it's for everybody. Uh, so we ask you to adopt an upward player and simply do a few things throughout the season: text, email the parents once or twice, uh, send a little gift card in the mail to the kid uh, in the league, and just encourage them, let them know you're praying for them, and then commit to pray. Yeah. And what know, about pray? Uh, oh yeah, obviously that'd be the most important thing. Yeah. So commit to pray throughout the season, continually, regularly. And then if you're able to come in person, uh, which we're going to allow this this year, uh, if you're able to come in person, we want you to come to one of the games as well. You don't have to come to every single game and you don't have to come to any game, but we'd like you to come meet the parents, meet the child in person. And then the big ask is what I call it. So we have Upward Sunday, March 21st. Yes. Yes, March 21st. Special guest speaker going to be here that speaker, day. Yes. Not you or me. Correct. So maybe people will come. Maybe, maybe they'll actually listen and get something. <laughs> probably get something this week. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Uh, but anyway, so March 21st, so the week before, the big ask, we ask uh, the people who have adopted the Upward player, you've made contact, you've done these different things, to then ask the person to come to church with you on Upward Sunday. And we're already preparing, by the way, with COVID-19 and everything. Uh, they don't know this, but we've sat down a couple times just to talk about how we're going to regu- uh, relegate. Uh, and and honor the COVID-19 guidelines and things like that uh, with a large crowd. And so we're going to promote that. And so let me encourage you, we'll put a link in the show notes as well as in the YouTube video on how you can get involved in Pray for a Player. I sent out an email yesterday, and I don't know if this is encouraging, discouraging, or people are just waiting for Sunday, but we only had two people sign up online. So you can sign up online as well. You don't have to wait for Sunday anymore. So we create an online form. Only had two people sign up. Two people. Two people, yes. Two people who 
value prayer enough to sign up that quickly. Yes, that's what I'm a little concerned about. Yeah. I, so it tells me either they don't read our emails, which... Yeah, why are we doing any of this? Yes. I'm just, I've lost all hope now. All hope because two people, so... I bet after this podcast, though, it will get four more. Hopefully, four more. <laughs> They'll hear this. They'll hear and this, I mean, get convicted. Wow, it'll double. And do it, yes. Yeah, like, duh. I hope. But anyway, so so we'll put the link in there to get involved. You can also sign up on Sunday. We'll talk more about that. You'll get a video this week from uh, myself and Kyle Oakley, our upward director, talking more about Pray for a Player. And then lastly, Friday nights, Sean uh, is starting his Friday night hangouts. He's actually inviting every uh, middle schooler to come and hang out before, after, hopefully not during, but before or after their game, yeah, yeah. Uh, spend some time with them and use that to leverage an opportunity for the gospel as well as an invitation to church. And so if you have a middle schooler, and it's not just, by the way, for upward players, now we're going to benefit from that. Uh, and so we, we can be praying about that and as well. If you have a middle school student, let me encourage you to, to drop your middle school student off uh, Friday nights uh, starting at 7 p.m. and going to 11 PM. Yeah, I'm so excited about what he's doing there with that because there's so many middle school kids that are playing upward this year. Uh, it's Largest a, division, it's, actually. It is, yeah, yeah. There's a ton of kids there, yep. and most of them, you know, not active involved, actively involved in church, definitely not actively involved, uh, you know, in our church, and, and many of them probably don't you know, don't have a relationship with Christ. And so it's like upward basketball in this division is like one link to the bridge to getting them to Christ and getting them involved in the church. And so basketball is like one link. And then Sean's like, let's add another link with this, you know, hang out, get some of our, and I love how he's, he's, you know, he's told us he's actively engaging the uh, students in the youth ministry to, you know, to be yep. here and to to build relationships with these these other students to try to help bring them into the church. Yeah, he's not even uh, he's not even developed this for the kids in the youth ministry. It's, it's an outreach focused opportunity to train these kids to invest in the the Great Commission. So I think that is pretty cool the way he created that and and thought of that. Hey, by the way, uh, there are six hundred. Last time I talked to Mr. Scott over at Northeast Middle, I believe they have six hundred and fifty middle school students at Northeast Middle. And so that is a, that alone, like they've shared it, they've invited their students, that alone is a huge opportunity as well. Yeah, they invited them to this Correct. thing that we're doing, to the Friday night hangout. Yeah. They put it out to all the middle school students yep. at Northeast. Yep. Yeah, yep. it is. It's uh, it's crazy to think about. I, I think even Miss Keener over at uh, Northeast High put it out to her students too. So he'll take whoever, yeah. just show up. But uh, cool opportunity. So be praying about all of those things as well as get involved as well. There's there's ways. Even Pastor Sean has talked about. There's ways if you're saying, hey, you know, I can't invest and pray for a player. You know, not everybody can. You can even invest provide financial benefit to the youth ministry to help with that, provide food, things like that. If you want to get in contact with Sean, he'll be glad to help you. Hey, we finished up the series on habits this past Sunday, and we're going to talk about this. the last habits. Ha- it's basically habits, the last, the S, but it's four of them uh, that you talked about on Sunday, and then maybe spend the last five or so minutes talking about the new series um, starting, but we'll spend a lot a lot of time next week talking about your new series. Uh, but let me ask you this, as we begin, what has been your favorite habit that you've preached on in the series? Okay, uh, favorite habit. So let's recap them real quick. The H stands for hang time with God. The A stands for accountability. Uh, the B stands for Bible study. The I stands for involvement. Uh, in and, and with the local church. The T stands for tithing, and then the S stood for several things. You know, yeah. we talked about several there, and so we'll go over some of those today. But I think probably um, 
probably my favorite one to talk about is is Bible study. I mean, there's I just I love talking about that. That's the whole uh, that's the whole reason I went to school where I did for my undergrad and continued to study uh, and went further and, and you know did all of my, my work in, in my Master of Arts in Biblical Studies is to learn to study the Scripture. So I, I love to encourage and excite others uh, to do that. So that's probably my favorite one to talk about and to teach on because it's just... The, when you study the scriptures, and, and when I study the scriptures at the level that we talked about in that habit, it it just is so eye opening and you know soul charging. I mean, you always find something in God's word when you study it like that that just is you just mesmerizes yeah. you and causes you to be in at awe. Uh, you know, in awe at God and His greatness and and wisdom and how He's communicated through the Scriptures. And so that's probably my favorite one to talk about. Yeah, what's been the uh, hardest one for you? Well, the hardest one to talk about was tithing, but uh, that... that (laughs) The hardest one maybe for you? To to practice. To practice in your own life. Uh, What do you think the hardest one to practice in your own life is? Yeah, yeah, I would say the hardest one uh, maybe to practice in my own life is probably the first, you know, uh, the the hang time with God, because I try to distinguish that between the Bible study and make that more of a separate habit. Mm Um, The the idea of of spending time alone with God devotionally, um, it's easier for me to spend time in Bible study, although that can be difficult, you know, at from time to time, depending upon the business of the ministry and what's going on, um, but but I, I can do that a little bit easier than than just really spending time alone with God. You know, I, I can think back over uh, thirteen years, you know, being in ministry, and I can probably point to about three or four seasons where I was intensely practicing that habit of withdrawing from the noise and from people and from my phone. And, you know, like uh, I would go, I've gone into the worship center uh, at the different churches I've been at or, or gone out, you know, in the woods, you know, away from people. Uh, and just I've had seasons where I just took a journal, just took my Bible, turned the phone off, you know, and just uh, prayed, read Scripture, prayed Scripture back to God, wrote down prayers, um you know, and and I and I can go back to three or four seasons where I was really practicing that well, and and I believe you know God used that to do some really remarkable things in my life. But it's a hard, that's a hard discipline because, yeah. you know, just the withdrawing part of it and, and being consistent with that. So that's probably been really one of the hardest ones for me to practice. I to separate that from from just studying the scriptures. Yeah. So what about you? What's been the hardest habit for you to practice? Yeah, I think uh, it's the opposite of that. So, I mean, I, we, we both went to school for uh, to preach and to study the Bible, but I do find Bible study hard just to discipline myself enough to sit down and say, okay, I need to invest quality time in actual Bible study. Uh, it, it's difficult for me to find that time because it's crowded out by everything else. Even though, you know, I love it, went to school for it, that's what I want to do with my life, still to actually discipline myself to do it. I mean, it's a hard habit for me to to kind of control and, and to do. Uh, even this morning, I was studying Philippians 2 and uh, teaching on it today. And I came to Philippians 2 talking about the incarnation and how we are to have the humility of the Christ, who is our greatest example, and uh, had to put 
literally put my phone in my room this morning, put my watch up because I didn't want any distractions, no text, none of that. Um, and by I got an hour into it, I was like, man, I am so thankful that I sat down and actually studied this because of the impact it had on my own soul. Uh, not not simply for, you know, our personal life, but as, as, as a uh, desire to just study God's Word mm-hmm. for life change. Uh, and so I would say Bible study, um, but, you know, I probably could do well uh, to practice all of them better, uh, but that would be the one that I'd struggle with the most. Hey, so we focused on four spiritual disciplines today. We use the term spiritual disciplines. Yes, Sunday. Yes, Sunday. um, Sunday, the four spiritual disciplines uh, with the last, the S in habits, talking about sacrifice, secrecy, service, and celebration. Celebration doesn't start with an S, but it sounds good. So I noticed that. I was trying to think of another S word, but... Couldn't. So anyway, you said they're called spiritual disciplines. You said uh, two of them are disciplines of abstinence, sacrifice, and secrecy, and then two disciplines are are ones of engagement, service, and celebration. Uh, You explained a little bit on Sunday morning, but maybe for our listeners, and maybe some haven't listened to the sermon yet, tell us the difference between a discipline of abstinence and a discipline of uh, engagement. So a discipline of abstinence means I refrain from something, and or I restrain myself from doing something, and so those uh, disciplines we uh, we practice those to teach ourselves self control, temperance, uh, to govern ourselves rather than being governed by ourselves, to control our desires rather than letting our desires control us. Um, there are others we could have talked about. We talked a little bit about some uh, in the very first week, like like silence and solitude. You have to have solitude to be able to, you know, really spend time with God, yeah. uh, like what we talked about. And so that's a discipline of, uh, in and of itself, of abstinence. You're refraining from being connected. You're restraining yourself from checking your smartphone and things like that. But also in the disciplines we talked about, sacrifice and secrecy. So refraining from something, that's a discipline because that doesn't come natural to us. You know, uh, in fact, uh, one of the examples I talked about was like fasting. That would be an example of a discipline of abstinence. You refrain from eating food for a period of time or for a particular meal, and you're teaching yourself to give that up and remind yourself to depend upon God. And And that's a difficult thing to do because we want to eat. Our bodies need food. And so, you know, but Jesus practiced it. He taught it. He encourages us to do the same thing. But it's a hard thing to do. I mean, somebody texted me Sunday and said, you know, I was really, uh, I was really uh, after the sermon Sunday, they texted me and said, I was really thinking about trying that, that fasting out. But then you talked about that, that Bojangles uh, sa- you know, sandwich, and they said, I'm headed there right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's tough, you know, though, so because it's, 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 it's it goes tough. against the grain, honestly. It goes yeah, against yeah. And our... we, we're kind of immersed in a culture of, you know, always just consume. Yeah. And you can get what you want right yep. away. You know, and yeah. We, so, we also another one would be like like refraining from buying things, refraining from yeah. spending. That's something maybe you could work on. I know Hannah would appreciate me. She saying She would that. definitely appreciate. I'm that. sure she listens to these yeah. too all, all the time. Amazon would hate it because that's where all my shopping happens. In yeah, fact, they, they don't need it. They yeah, they definitely don't <laughs> need it. In fact, I was thinking about while you were preaching on that, I was thinking about Amazon. Sometimes I literally just get on Amazon to see the deals. I'm not really looking for anything. I just kind of want to spend money because. There's a deal going on. And, and it, it feels good. It feels good. And Hannah's all the time like, don't just buy things because it's a deal. And I'm like, but it's a deal. How yeah. could you not give it up? But Do you need it? 
No, see, I don't need it. By no means do I need it, and she knows it. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, so you talk about the difference between abstinence and engagement. Yeah, that's abstinence. Yeah, that would be refraining and restraining. Engagement, though, is like you actively do something God has commanded you to do. And we just talked about a couple of those, like service. I mean, Jesus served. John thirteen. We didn't even go into that, but when Jesus served his disciples, and then he said he left us that example. He washed their feet before he was getting ready to be beaten and crucified and pay for the sins of everyone. And he did not. He didn't allow his disciples to serve him. Yeah, he served them in that moment, and then he said he left that for us as an example to you know to serve others like that. And so uh, we talked about that about serving like that. That's you know Christ commanded us to do it. So that's a discipline of engagement. We have to discipline ourselves to do that because just by nature we're going to just sit at home and watch you know Netflix or something yep. like that. We're not going to go out and work and serve. We're not going to sign up to pray for a player because you know we'd just rather sit at home and and uh, you know watch Netflix yeah. a couple hours uh, every night yep. where we could take you know take thirty minutes and pray. I mean that prayer is a discipline. We didn't talk about that, but that's a discipline of engagement yep. because you're praying, you're engaging with, you're doing something God has commanded you to yep. do. And so those are disciplines where we actively uh, do something. And then we'll talk a little bit about celebration at some point in the yep. show too, because that's one that we just, uh, in, in our Baptist church circles, we don't do that well yep. at all. Yeah. Hey, you talked about two, the balance between the two. You know, I I uh, I remember even in in grad school, there there was the opposite on both ends. Like some people were the the monks, yeah. the the abstinence. I'm gonna just study. I'm just gonna stay away from people. And then some were okay. I'm not gonna do any of the studying. I'm just gonna celebrate the whole time. Why do you think uh, it's important for somebody's life uh, to just have a balance of both of these? Types of spiritual disciplines. Well, I think I don't know who said this. Um, maybe it was Pete Scazzaro. He may have been quoting somebody, but uh, someone said that basically our our time with Jesus, our time with God, that would be an abstinence kind of thing where we're away, you know, withdrawing. Our time with God has got to be enough to sustain our time doing for God our work for God. And so Jesus did that. I mean, that that example, he did them both. You know, yeah. Jesus withdrew and spent all night at times alone in prayer. He went out before he began his ministry, right after he was baptized. And God said, this is my, the Father said at his baptism, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he hadn't even done anything yet. Yeah. And 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 God says, I'm still pleased with him. And then, then what does he do? He goes 40 days out into the wilderness and he fasted. Hmm. And, and he prayed, and then he went and did the work of the ministry, and then he would withdraw from time to time, even through the ministry, and he did both. He yeah. he served and healed, and he taught, and he, he engaged and did work, but he also withdrew, and so he balanced that. And I think if we don't do that, we're not even following the example of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that's a, a good way to put it. You even used a quote by uh, Dallas Willard that I thought was good that I'd encourage listeners. I know we can't share it and talk about it for a sake of time, but uh, so the first habit is uh, sacrifice. We kind of went over that a little bit, talking about fasting, talking about uh, just the different ways this could, you know, come out in your life. Uh, even mentioning social media and Facebook, uh, I looked up today. The average American spends two hours and three minutes on Facebook every single day. One million users, uh, there's one million new users to social media every single day. Now, if we sacrificed a half of that and prayed, what do you think would happen? I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about, but yet we'd rather invest it in something that in of itself is not bad. 
right? Like you talked about, but there are better things to do. Yeah. Is there anything else you kind of want to add to this uh, sacrifice, this spiritual discipline sacrifice that maybe you didn't say on Sunday or anything that you may want to clarify? No, I mean, I think like I did talk, I, I don't know about ad particularly, but I like I did talk about, you know, fasting from Facebook and from social media. I mean, that statistic is is alarming. I had not uh, that was read on that. A mar- by the way, that was on a marketing website. So in other words, they weren't saying it's bad or good. They were just saying, invest your time here because this is where people like are if at. You're, if you're trying to market and yeah. get your product out there, put it out there on Facebook because they're everybody's spending at. two hours a day. I know 65% I, of global, yeah, globally, 65% I mean, of humans are on social media. Yeah. And I get, I get hit with ads all the time all on the Facebook, time. you know, just constantly. But anyway, and that's the thing, uh, two hours a day though, doing that. And that's, that's, uh, imagine like, I mean, I think it was John Piper that said something along the lines of if, if social media teaches us anything, and I'm not quoting exactly, but he said a few years back, if we've learned anything from social media, we will have learned that our lack of spending time in like these disciplines, like prayer, it won't, that, that our lack of doing that won't be for lack of time. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's totally right. Yeah. So no, and I think, uh, you know, even breaking from that for a season, you know, giving that up saying, look, I'm going to, I'm going to train myself not to do that at this particular period. I normally just get in bed, you know, and, and I look at Facebook for a half hour. Well, say, look, for a, for a week, I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from that. And I'm going to, engage uh, in prayer or in reading through the scripture or something before yeah. I do that. And I think that will change our, our spiritual lives you, dramatically. I was thinking this morning, you know, with our evangelism focus coming into play, What it, and obviously we haven't talked about this, but what if we did do uh, something uh, with fasting, you know, to do a church-wide fast in order to prepare people for this evangelism focus? I mean, maybe something we can talk about, uh, even if that is fasting from social media or food or whatever, I think it's a, a good conversation to have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We need to talk about that. That's a good idea. So second habit is that of uh, secrecy. And uh, You ever heard that talked about before? Actually, I mean, I've heard spiritual disciplines, I've heard yeah, of yeah. spiritual disciplines, but never to, actually never to the extent you've talked about it. So uh, pretty interesting to actually think about the the idea of secrecy and the fact that you use all the scriptural references to say this is Jesus actually talked about doing this. Yep. Use the example of, of your wife. I would, you know, I would say the same thing about my wife mm-hmm. as well. The greatest example of secrecy. Is there anything you want to add there as well uh, that you didn't add regarding secrecy uh, for our church and for our listeners? Well, we got this little quote here in the show notes that I think you put in, and it's a great quote uh, by Harry Truman. I would uh, read that. Uh, Harry Truman was known for saying, it is amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. <laughs> I yeah. mean, imagine that. You know, when was the last time, we talked about that, when was the last time that you did something, you know, good, um, and you didn't let someone know about it? And I like what Willard says. You know, basically, when we practice this, when we do uh, these good deeds or these acts of righteousness, as Jesus talked about it, and we do it without putting it on Facebook, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have to post everything you do. Yeah, you don't. And so, you know, it's like if you do some of that, it, you know, it basically Willard says you're putting God in charge of your public relations department. You know, hmm. let him be in, in control of when your good deeds will be known and to what extent for who needs to know it. You know those kinds of yeah. things. That's a, that is a discipline that I think in our in our world of putting everything out there, we have to. You know, we have to be a little bit uh, aware of and, and practice. And it. everything's so public today, too, that it's it's easy. I mean, yeah. this is actually, dis- like you said, it's a discipline of abstinence. It's a discipline to actually sit back and say, even though I can, I'm going to yeah, decide I'm- that the Lord's in control of how, what, 
you know, yeah, gets promoted. I'm, I'm going to choose not to. And, and there's nothing wrong. Like when we post pictures, you know, uh, of the we post some pictures of things on on Facebook. You know, I, I think the goal is oftentimes to try to encourage and influence others to do the same yeah. thing. So I'm not saying we should never do that. Yeah. It's just that at the same time, there ought to be things that we are doing that we're not letting anybody know about as well. Yep. Uh, on intentionally uh, to trust God to see how He'll show up. I didn't go into this on Sunday, but I read some examples from um, from uh, George Mueller. Uh, in Bristol, uh, England, back uh, in the 18th uh, century, and he had several orphanages, and he was all, he was constantly dependent upon you know food and money to come in to to literally provide meals for kids that were orphans that he was you know running an organization to house, and he 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 uh, oftentimes would have specific huge needs that he wouldn't tell anybody about. He would only pray, and he wouldn't make the need known to anybody, just to to be able to see God answer that, and to know nobody else could have done that except for God. Yeah, and that yeah. that that was a, a habit of secrecy for him to practice that way. I mean, to not make it known, but to only talk to God about it. I yeah, mean, and and the the growth that he experienced through seeing God provide was incredible in his life. Yeah, I think that's a, a real good example there, of George Mueller. Um, so anyway, let, let's uh, let's wrap this up. We've got two more habits. We can talk about uh, service. Oh, let me say this. Before we jump into service, I thought it was very good that you said there are so many people in our church that practice secrecy that people just don't know about, yeah. you know? And there's so many examples that uh, we don't even know about because it's exactly, secret. Yeah. But uh, there are things that I know about that other people don't know about that people have literally invested, and they don't want any credit for it. They just want to do it for the glory of God. Uh, and so I thought that was good. But obviously, we can always use more of that. Uh, so anyway, you talked about two other disciplines, the the engagement disciplines here, helping us to avoid the sin of omission. Uh, going back to that quote by uh, Dallas Willard, uh, you said the third habit is service. It's getting involved, getting engaged. Uh, what are some ways practically, uh, we, t- we put down pray for a player, we've talked about that. What do you think there, are there other ways our church members right now practically can get involved in service? Uh, and not maybe just not at Lebanon, but you talked about some even with your, your life and your work. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, everything you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. So we yeah. don't talk about a theology of work very often, uh, but but just the way we do our jobs day in and day out, you know, whether it's working for a company or whether it's owning and managing a company uh, of, of, of secular employment, if you will, uh, uh, doing that to the best of your ability is is an act of spiritual discipline of service. When you leave it all out there, and you know, like you talk about on the, in basketball, guys say leave it all on the court. You know, yeah. well, when you leave it all out there at your place of employment, you work heartily to the Lord. That's an act of service too. It's not. It you know, we we have this kind of split in our minds that's like some things are sacred, some things are secular. But all of life is to be lived if we're Christians to the glory of God, and everything we are to do, we're to do for His glory. So you know. If you work for Moses Cone Hospital, uh, you know, uh, doing it with all of your ability is an act of service to the Lord, and then uh, it brings it brings a blessing to others. It uh, is part of God's common grace that yep. He sheds on on everyone, and then it's an instrument of of uh, pointing others to the faith in Jesus.
Jesus Christ and the difference that Christ makes. And so that's one thing you can do. And then I think also we we need to be serving in the local church too, you know, volunteering and engaging in ways like that, through whether it's working and serving on our safety team, uh, whether it's working and serving in the nursery, serving as a, a, a life group leader or Sunday school teacher, serving as an upward basketball coach or referee or praying for a player, uh, serving on our welcome team, serving in the AV ministry uh, there, whether it's the worship team, uh, serving and volunteering. I mean, there's so many people in our church that put in incredible amounts of, of, of hours every week um, serving, and that's uh, above and beyond trying to work at their place of employment and yeah. do it with the best of their ability. That's serving in the local church, too, because and, you know we're going to see that as we go through the book of Acts, the, that act of serving to spread the gospel. Yeah. And so... Uh, we've, we've got Upward Soccer coming up yep. eventually that we're going to be doing here. There's going to be other opportunities there. Um, so uh, the food pantry is another one uh, that takes place. Uh, we could go on and on and on with ways and yeah, areas. so just like taking what John Piper said, you cannot get to the end of your life and say we didn't provide service opportunities for you, because <laughs> we definitely do. Exactly. Uh, last one is celebration. What do you mean by celebration? Yeah, celebration. So I don't know that I've ever heard that uh, preached about or talked about, um, uh, you know, but, and, and I would say that in our, in our circle of Baptist churches, that uh, concept of celebration as a discipline is rarely talked about. I mean, you know, to celebrate. There's uh, Ecclesiastes, we read the passage where Solomon says, like, I've concluded that it is a good thing for man to enjoy, uh, you know, for man and woman to enjoy the fruit of their labors, to do that. In the Old Testament, God commanded the people of Israel to have to practice feasts and festivals of celebration. There was one in particular that I mentioned in Deuteronomy 14, where they were to take all of a percentage of something they had re- received, and they were to go to Jerusalem, make the journey, go up to this great, to the great city of Jerusalem, and they were to take all of that money or all of their percentage of their crops and sell it for money, and then just use that money just to celebrate together the goodness and the greatness and the blessing of God. We don't do that very much uh, today. We get a little worried about going too far. We're concerned. But but I believe in our, in our uh, Christian gatherings, whether that's with a couple families that we meet with in a life group or that we're close to in the church or whether it's the church as a whole, we've got to be better. We've got to do a better job about celebrating God's goodness and greatness. Even with our families, you know, um, we talk about all these disciplines like being maybe frugal or, you know, uh, tight on our finances, things like that, you know, yeah. uh, trying to be good stewards of everything God has commanded us. And that can become very burdensome and very legalistic. And in the church, we do all this work of service and secrecy um, and, and sacrifice and all this, and it can become very burdening down to us. But when we read through the Scriptures, God actually commands us to, at certain points in times, rec- you know, fairly often to celebrate. Yeah. And so we need to be doing that uh, more. And I, and I think, you know, just coming together, I mean, I think a good example, the Super Bowl's coming up. You know, the Super Bowl is coming up on uh, Sunday. And I mean, just getting together with some other Christian families and having some food together and w- watching some of the game and, and you know, maybe during halftime, I don't know I don't know what the halftime lineup is, but maybe maybe cutting off the halftime show or something and, and just, you know, maybe taking a few minutes to just talk about, hey, Let's just talk for about 10 minutes here with each other during halftime about about what God has done in our lives this year and and just how he's protected us, provided for us, and just make that a time of celebration 
with a focus on God, not just football, but on your faith and, and on God's blessing too. Yeah. And I think uh, we can do those kinds of things in healthy ways, and it, it encourages us to keep uh, working uh, and serving uh, God. Yeah, I'd love to hear if somebody actually does that. So if you're listening to this or watching this, and you actually spend the time maybe on Sunday night or in the next week or so just talking about celebrating what God's done in your life and just celebrating life as is, let us know. We'd love to love to hear about that because you're taking what we've talked about and put it into practice. And obviously we believe that's, that's scriptural. So uh, let us know if you, if you do something like that. We'd love to just share that even on the podcast as well next week. Uh, hey, so lastly, what are some books you mentioned on Sunday? Maybe there's some listeners here and they say, well, I want to get more involved in these spiritual disciplines or these habits that you're talking about. What would you recommend uh, for them to get started with or to read as far as, uh, you know, some books? here. Yeah, so uh, some books. I'm glad you asked. Actually, uh, it's a little deeper study, but I have found it to be really good, and that is by Dallas Willard, and it's called The Spirit of the Disciplines, The Spirit of the Disciplines, and so that, that's a good one. Um, but then a, a really small, a smaller one, uh, I say really small, you know, 100, 130 pages or so, um, Donald Whitney, uh, he's written one that's longer too, yeah. um, but uh, this is a good short one, 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health by Donald Whitney, and it's, it's really about the spiritual disciplines. And then a really practical, uh, classic, uh, you know, 2 million copies sold by Richard Foster. Uh, anyway, Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth. And so th- those, are, those are some books right there. And we'll put. I think, uh, uh, we'll, we'll link to those. Yeah, in we'll the link show to notes. those in the show notes. Amazon, maybe Amazon. Amazon, yes, notes. that you can spend money on because it's. Well, yeah, spiritual I mean, discipline. It will, it will help you with your discipline. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a challenge for me too: is to not buy books. <laughs> not buy books, I guess, that are uh, what? Well, just not buy. Like, Any I, books? Sometimes I buy too many books, and <laughs> yeah. I buy more than I actually have time to read. You know what I mean? I know that I'm trying to read four to five books a month this year, in addition to like the books, that the commentary stuff I'm going to be reading for, uh, you know, for sermon series and study, but just four to five other books wow. in addition to that each month, trying to kind of discipline myself to do that. But like, you know, we're going to go through starting the book of Acts in a couple weeks, yep. and I mean, I've already kind of forecasted it out. I'm going to easily be reading for that series over 3,000 pages, uh, you know, of commentaries and background works and stuff. And so then, but in addition to that kind of stuff, four or five books, um, uh, you know, a month. And, but it's just hard. That's a discipline. I say, let's read, read what I have and then buy more stuff later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the feeling. Next week, uh, we're actually having a discussion on the new sermon series, but we're also having a, a guest on our podcast, Luke Adams. He's one of our deacons here, and uh, we've invited him on uh, to discuss his life group as well as the importance of life groups as a whole. And so Luke's going to be with us discussing that. So we'll take some time there uh, to discuss that and then also to talk about the new sermon series starting in in uh, less than two weeks. So let me encourage you right now, if you haven't listened to the sermon, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Go ahead and jump on there, watch the YouTube video, listen to it if you're able. I really believe it's going to be helpful to your to your spiritual walk with the Lord. Get involved and pray for a player. Uh, be praying for our Upward League and our Friday night hangout for the middle school uh, youth ministry. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Lebanon Baptist Church. We wouldn't be able to do this uh, without the resources here, and so we're thankful for the opportunity. Uh, and if you're more interested or maybe you're listening, you never heard of Lebanon, go ahead and visit lbcnow.org. We'd love for you to uh, get involved at our church, get connected if you're able to uh, join us for a worship service as well. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you have a great week. 
Thanks for joining us for Around the Table, a discussion all about the ministry and preaching of Lebanon Baptist Church. If you would like to learn more about Lebanon Baptist Church, visit lbcnow.org. Make sure to follow Lebanon Baptist Church on Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.